what's up online crew? <laughs> What'd you think? I was, I was kind of like half on and half off the screen right there. I hope you cut some space out to worship on this resurrection morning. Listen, somebody recently asked me, somebody uh, asked me this great question. So it's a phenomenal question. Said, hey, what does Jesus look like now? I love that question. So good. Like, is he the Jesus of the sandals and the robe? Is he the Jesus of the paintings in museums? Is he the Jesus of the stained glass in cathedrals? What does Jesus look like now? This resurrected Jesus, if this was God come to earth to be with us, this is God dying on a cross for us, if this is God raising from the dead, what's Jesus look like? Is he still rocking the Birkenstocks? And as I was thinking about how good that question was, I, I found this verse that I thought, I just, well, it's not really the sermon, but I thought, man, let's let this settle in for a second. So I hope you're ready for it. It's John's encounter with Jesus in Revelation, and uh, some of you who maybe know where this is going um, are probably getting excited already. You're ready to like cheer and shout, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, you're getting a little unhinged because you know what's coming. If you've never heard this, then I'm envious of you because this is pretty epic, if I don't say so. I'm bringing, that used to be my favorite word. I'm bringing it back. This is epic. John says this. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. Scary stuff. But then the hope part explodes onto the page. Ready? But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look. I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Resurrection Sunday, when God defeated death for us. How exciting is that passage? I don't know where you are, what's going on, how you ended up watching this. Maybe you're just waiting for like the ham to get done. You got snuck into church. Somebody Somebody tricked you into church right now. They just threw this up on the big screen TV as they're cooking, and you didn't know what was happening, and here you are awkwardly stuck in some living room somewhere, getting hangry, watching this crazy church service, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're frustrated with life because things have been difficult, and this last chapter isn't any easier than the beginning of 2020. Like, I don't know what you're, what you're maybe you're worn out because you feel like you've been carrying a burden for too long. Maybe you're dealing with a sickness that you don't see the end of in sight. Maybe you're really overcome or overwhelmed or defeated or beat up or tired. Maybe things are great for you and you've been on this role where you're like, man, I don't want to change anything because it's going too good. Maybe you're feeling apathetic or stuck. My prayer is the same for all of us, that we would get a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, a bigger picture of a God who is for you. 
That's it. Because I know if we do that, the joy and the hope that we've been looking for, it'll start to fill our hearts. Everything that's been missing in life, we will start to experience. Yeah, I'm excited because it's Resurrection Sunday. And we're going to jump into a passage in Luke chapter 24. So bust your Bibles out. Get ready to scratch them up. And let me pray for us. God, we need you to do your thing. No matter where we are, break down the barriers that are built up between us and you. Overcome us and our pride. Help us to let down our guard with you and help us to have a curiosity that drives us to see a bigger picture of you. We, we know that your word goes forth and it does not return void. We need that to be true. My sermon cannot even completely come close to doing justice to the significance of this day. Only your spirit can do justice to what your spirit has done and through the life of Christ. And uh, we just need you to do your thing. In Jesus' name, amen. There's this passage in Luke chapter 24. It captures a, a surprising, it's a surprising story um, about God interacting with the other guys. And what I love about this passage is, one, it's, it's surprising that Jesus would take his time, that, that, that just after resurrection, that he would have this encounter on this road going in the wrong direction with these guys who were kind of, well, nobody really even knows them much besides this story. One of them's not even named. The other one's got a weird name, Cleopas. Cleo makes it a lot easier to say. Um, their story is found in Luke chapter 24, and it's in a story of, a, of an encounter where their view of God, of Jesus, was too small, and where Jesus surprised them, revealed himself to them in a new way, and completely changed the direction of their lives. Sometimes we need a surprise, even if we don't want one. We can get so stuck on control want to have things done our way, want to be in control of what's going on around us. We get so frustrated when we feel like we aren't in control. And I don't know, some people love surprises. Some people hate all surprises. I don't think anybody likes a surprise that isn't good. And here we have this story in Luke chapter 24 of Jesus surprising two people and revealing himself to them in a new way. And maybe right now, your view of God is too small. Maybe that's why Easter seems like just another Sunday. Resurrection just seems like the, the second, I guess it's the first, the first Sunday in the year where you want to check church off the church box, right? And then the second one would be in December because the year starts in January. I can't believe I almost messed that up. Uh, maybe, maybe your view of God is too small if you don't realize what's really possible when you start to live in and walk in faith. And maybe that's why this story with the other guys jumps out at me so much today. You know, I, I, was, I was watching videos of myself preach Easter sermons, um, not because I like to watch videos of myself preach. I really don't. 
but I didn't want to preach the same sermon that I preached last year or the year before that. And, and you know, and so instead of praying about it and, and asking God's direction, like, like a really stellar pastor, I just went to YouTube and uh, got really frustrated with myself because I was saying things like, man, just a lot of hype, you know, and this is so much more than hype, Resurrection Sunday. I was saying things like, resurrection changes everything because of resurrection. Anything is possible. And I got to tell you, I believe that, but I wasn't feeling it. There's a difference. I, I, I will acknowledge that truth in my head, but in my heart, I was just not there yet. I was worn out, tired, confused, beat up a little bit. And so I jumped onto other pastors, famous pastors that I love to listen to, all kinds of really great pastors out there on YouTube. Don't go surfing, you know, YouTube, and then dump me on the side of the road. I'm just kidding. I'm just happy you're getting what you need to get from God wherever you get that, as long as it's truth and it's God's word. That's good with me. But uh, I was watching all these other, my favorite pastors, and it was the same thing. They just kept saying, like, man, it's Resurrection Sunday. Like, yeah, woo, great. This changes everything. And I'm like, but I don't feel changed right now. I know it changes everything, and I know that, that it has changed everything, but I'm not feeling it. It's just not hitting me. And then I landed on this passage in Luke 24 and verse 13 through about these other guys. And I thought, you know, this Easter I've been feeling like the other guys. I need God to surprise me in a new way. I need to have him blow up my view of him, destroy the boxes I put him in, and show himself to me. He is not a boring God. He is not a set-him-aside kind of God. He does change everything, but sometimes I need him to surprise me for me to see it. The road to Emmaus is a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to a town nobody even knows about. It's recorded in verse 13 through 33. I'm not even going to read it all. We'll just read parts of it as God kind of leads us through this message this morning. But you have these two disciples of Jesus, two followers. We think. We don't know a lot about them. I call them the other guys. One of them's name was Cleopas. Sometimes I say that name wrong, so we'll just call him Cleo because it gets awkward when I say that name wrong. And the other guy doesn't even get mentioned. Talk about that. You land your story in the Bible, but you don't even get your name mentioned. What we know about these two guys is that what had happened Good Friday had messed with them. They had been following Jesus. They had been listening to Jesus. They had heard the stories about Jesus, but they had not really seen who he truly was. And your hope, this is the title of the message, is only as big as what you place your hope in. No wonder it's so easy to get frustrated and discouraged. Maybe that's why life's been a struggle for you. Maybe that's why it seems like all of your efforts end in frustration. All of your relationships end with disappointment. Maybe that's why you feel so stuck. Maybe that's why 
things feel so empty sometimes. Maybe that's why we stop believing and searching for a better future. It's why we settle or lower our expectations of others or of life in general. Did I get too, did I get too heavy right there? Because what I want to do is I want to just pause and say like, maybe that's our biggest problem. Our hope isn't big enough because what we place it in isn't big enough. Or, or we just go through life without hope. And that, that can be done when life's easy, but when life's difficult, that, man, that gets... I don't know how people do it. Like, I can imagine going through life without hope. I look at people who don't have the same hope that I have, and I, I don't understand. They're missing so much. Your hope is only as big as what you place it in. And so these guys, these two guys, Cleo and his buddy, they're like confused and messed up about Easter. They weren't buying the whole like, wow, maybe this changed everything thing. They were like, I don't get it. I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on. Jesus was this great teacher. We listened to him. We had hoped, but we're not hoping anymore that he was the Messiah. They said to the Messiah himself. They said it. And, and they are just filled with devastation and disappointment because your hope is only as big as what you place it in. And maybe your disappointment in God is because you place your hope in church. Your hope shouldn't be placed in church. It's too small. Maybe your expectations are destroyed because you place placed your hope in a relationship and you treated a person like they were going to save you. You treated their love like the answer to your heart's need and you realize that your hope is only as big as what you place it in. Jesus is meeting these guys on this walk. They just had to get out. They had to walk it off. <laughs> I used to hear that a lot growing up. Like, walk it off. <laughs> Walk it off, son. Walk it off. Like I would get beamed by a pitch or get, you know, busted up in a soccer game or, you know, dislocate my shoulder. And, and the, the whole thing was like, don't rub it. Just walk it off. Walk it off. Pretend like it doesn't hurt. Walk it off. I think sometimes we get to doing that in life. Like we just got to ignore the pain. We got to ignore the lack of direction. We got to ignore the sense of purposelessness that we feel. We got to ignore the monotony. We ignore it and we get apathetic because we just feel like we got to walk it off. And two guys here, they're like confused about what's going on. They, they, they're, they're, the one they had hoped in had died on a cross and they didn't understand who he truly was. So their hope was shattered. And they were filled with discouragement. So much so that even when Mary and the women came back, they said like, hey, the tomb's empty. The angels told us it was risen. Even after Peter went to the tomb and realized, hey, yeah, they're right. It was empty. They still couldn't hope again. They couldn't do it. Because their picture of Jesus was still too small. Your hope is only as big as what you place it in. No wonder it's so easily destroyed. 
blown away. Not, nothing more than just wishful thinking in life. When really we can have a hope that's anchored. And I think that's the first surprising thing about this passage is these guys, they have to walk it off, shake it off. They're confused. They need time to process. Just slow up. I need to think about this. Let's go to Emmaus, this podunk town in the middle of nowhere that people nowadays in Israel, if you go on a tour of the Holy Land, they'll take you to what might be Emmaus. They don't really know because it was that meaningless of a place. They're heading to nowhere, going in the wrong direction, trying to process all that's going on because their view of Jesus was too small. And what's surprising to me is that Jesus on Resurrection Day, when I'm thinking like, man, do you have some stuff to do? Let's celebrate the victory. Let's do a lap. He chooses to reveal himself in a bigger way to the two other guys, the no-namers, the we're not feeling the vibe. We're not feeling the joy. All we're feeling is confusion. He, he chooses to reveal himself to those guys. So it says this, and Scripture says that they were walking along, and suddenly Jesus himself began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. And I love that. He was going to surprise them in a really cool way, but he had something to show them first, something that they had been missing. He had something to show them first. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along. And here's the hope drop. They stopped short, sadness written all across their faces. One question stopped them in their tracks. When they were forced to admit what they had been wrestling with, it stopped them in their tracks. And he says to them, one of Cleopas says, you got to be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. And Jesus, egging them on, says, what things? I love that about Jesus. And the things that happened to Jesus, here's the small picture that caused their hope to get shattered. He was, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was so much more than a prophet. He was doing so much more than miracles. He was a mighty teacher, not the, the stink kind, the kind that stink, not the boring kind, not the put you to sleep. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God, but they didn't get that he was God and all the people. But our leading priests and other, he says our leading priests, and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they, were and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. You get this about these guys. Their view of Jesus was too small, and they hadn't really stepped in to following Jesus, or maybe they would have had a bigger picture. That's why they say our our, our spiritual leaders. What, man? Like, Jesus was your spiritual leader. Jesus, this man from Nazareth, did some pretty cool stuff. No, he was the Messiah. Your view of him was just too small. And their hearts are all jacked up and full of sadness because they're missing it. And the question that comes from them is this. It's the same question that comes from us if we're really being transparent 
about wrestling with God and the doubts we have. Are you oblivious? I've said that to God from time to time. Are you oblivious to what's going on in my life? Are you oblivious to all the pain I see around? Are you oblivious to all of the, all of the confusion? And the irony of this road to Emmaus is that Jesus was there with them as they're heading in the wrong direction. He stops with them to talk with them to reveal himself he wanted to blow their hope up and we need him to blow our hope up because your hope is only as big as what you hope in and if you hope in a resurrected Jesus who holds the keys of death and Hades in his hand if you believe in the Emmanuel God who came to be with us to live among us to die for us to be risen again to give us life. If you believe in resurrected Jesus, there's nothing that can shake your faith. Death can't shake your hope. No disease can shake your hope. Nothing can steal your hope from you because your hope is placed in a resurrected Jesus. But if you just believe in some religious figure, well, good luck with that. It's going to end in disappointment. I love that he stops here because it's a sign of God's grace for them. Just the guys heading in the wrong direction. And Jesus, he stops there with them and reveals the truth to them. They said we had hoped. They just had hoped in something too small. And their view of God was not big enough. No wonder they were crushed. But it's okay if that's where you are. Because here's the thing about this absolutely incredible God who loves you and is pursuing you even as you watch this. He's going to walk it out with you. Jesus, they start on this journey where they're just walking together right alongside. He meets you right where you're at with all of your questions, with all of your doubts, with all of your fears. And he wants to reveal himself to you. He just walks it out with them, a loving God walking with them, meeting them where they are, and he's revealing himself as he teaches scripture. See, what they, what they needed was they needed a bigger picture of God. What they needed was to see how this wasn't just some, some whim, some story, how all of scripture had been pointing to this moment. They needed to understand that Jesus wasn't just a man from Nazareth. He was God from heaven. They needed to understand John 1, 12. The word was, in the beginning was the word, and the word, he created everything. They needed to understand who Jesus really was. He walks with them, and, it's, and he's taking them through Scripture, and they're getting near to Emmaus, and their journey is about to end. And so Jesus, he acts like he's going on, but they begged him to stay Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Surprise? You just need a bigger picture of God. Surprise? You just need to embrace Jesus for who he really is and walk it out with him. Surprise? You just need to receive him into your home, into your life. Just stay with him. How long are you going to walk in the confusion and in the doubt? 
with the busted up expectations when you could just invite Jesus to show himself to you. John 1.12 says this, But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. These two guys, they started off this journey on Resurrection Sunday with a, a view of Jesus that was so small that even when the women told them about the empty tomb, even when Peter told them about the empty tomb, they still couldn't hope in that again. They just couldn't get there. But Jesus patiently and lovingly came alongside them and walked with them and answered their questions and revealed himself to them. Listen, God is for you. He's for you and he loves you no matter who you are, no matter what life has looked like. It's time to just embrace Jesus for who he is. The resurrected king who offers you new life and new hope, the kind of hope no one can shake from you and nothing can steal from you. It's time we see Jesus for who he is. God for us, Emmanuel with us, grace offered to us. God loves you so completely. And if you would just embrace him and place your faith in him and receive him, he truly would change everything a little bit at a time as you get a bigger view of him and as you start to walk with him. I love this story because resurrected Jesus isn't just for the religious people, the hyped up people, the sing it at the top of your lungs people. Resurrected Jesus is for everyone. And he reaches out and he says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I was once dead, but now I am alive. And I hold the keys of death and Hades, and I offer you life. I love Resurrection Sunday. Here's, here's why I love Resurrection Sunday, because if Jesus Christ rose from the dead, then he can rise you to life too. If Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that power is the same power he gives us through his spirit. If Jesus rose from the dead, then nothing is impossible for God. No matter what your life looks like, no matter what your circumstances look like, no matter how worn out or beat up or how crazy life has looked like for you, Jesus, he wants to meet you where you are and walk it out with you and show you more of himself. And if you got a little bit of a bigger picture of who he is, you start to see that God is for you. You are not oblivious to him. He sees you and your questions and your life and your struggle and he meets you in the midst of it and offers you new life and new hope, a deep hope. And we receive that through faith as we receive him into our lives and into our hearts. Resurrection is amazing. It's why we have hope. It's why death loses its sting. And it's why that hope is unshakable.
Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you so much for what we celebrate today. Resurrection is for everybody. Through faith in you, we have the right to be called children of God. So I pray right now that if anybody has not received you, if their picture of you has been too small, that now they would receive you, that now they would place their faith in you, that they would just say from their heart to you, God, I need you. I need you for who you are. I place my faith in you. I trust you with my life. And if you've been praying that in your heart, would you tell somebody? Would you shoot me an email? Would you let me know? You don't have to make it weird. Just I want to celebrate the new life and the new hope you have because you have placed your faith in the risen one. The rest of us, it's time we just embrace him. Hold him close and stay with him a while. We stop making Jesus fit us. And we start asking Jesus to surprise us and reveal more of himself to us. Dear God, we're so thankful for resurrection. Help us to experience the joy of it as we worship here together. In Jesus' name, amen.